Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Our God is Real, our place, our place where we share, our place where we teach, and our place where we learn. Let's pray. Father, this is the start of a brand new week, and this week, a path is laid out before us that you have predestined. This path is full of blessings. This path is full of all things that are you. Help us, Lord, to be led and guided by the Holy Spirit this week, that we will walk this path and that we will be able to enjoy the richness and fullness of the many blessings that you have in store for us. I pray, Father, today that you will bring your light to dark places, that you will bring your peace wherever there might be strife, and that you will bring your love, Lord, wherever there is hate. I ask all this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Today, we're going to talk about an old adage that I know that many of you have, have heard um, throughout the years, the KISS principle, right? Keep it simple. Um, I don't like the stupid part of that. I don't think anybody ever um, should be called stupid. I don't believe that there are stupid people. I do believe that we do some pretty stupid things in our lives, but but I don't believe that there are that there are stupid people. So keeping it simple, you know, we a lot of times with many different things in our lives, we want to make things complicated. We want to make things much more complex than they really are. Some of this I think we do because we we want to get away from the responsibility of doing something. And if we can make the situation really complex, if we can make the situation a whole lot harder or the task a whole lot harder than it really is, it gives us an out. It gives us an excuse. It lets us put away the responsibility and we convince ourselves somewhere within our minds that we are unable to do the task that is before us or that we are unable to live a certain way, or talk a certain way, or act a certain way. I think that Jesus, in his teachings, one of the reasons that he used so many parables was to make things simpler for his disciples, for the followers that were following him, for us, you know, all these years later, we can take so many of the parables of Jesus and compare them to the things that we deal with today in life um, just as we go through a normal day. But I, I do think that he used those to make things simpler so that people would understand and realize that this walk of faith, this quote-unquote Christianity life that we are so desperately trying to live as we're supposed to, when you get down to it at the end of the day, it's just not that hard. My great-grandmother, um, whom unfortunately I did not know, but my mother said that she told her that she would be a Christian regardless of whether there was a heaven or reward at the end of the journey. She would be a Christian just because it was a simpler and better way to live. And, and I think there's so much truth in that. You know, we, we want to 
say that we can't understand the Bible or we can't understand a preacher. We can't figure out how to do this. When I was teaching Sunday school, one lesson in particular, um, I was talking about God's will, you know, and, and this is something we're, we're always trying to figure out. What is God's will for my life? We we write into televangelists, we seek out preachers and teachers, and and we want someone to tell us what God's will for our lives is. And when I was really talking to God about this and praying about that particular lesson, I, of course, wanted to find something in the scripture that lined up with this question, because I truly believe that every question that we have, if we search diligently, we can find that answer in in the Bible, in God's word. So I'm going to read a scripture from the book of Colossians, and I'm going to be reading from chapter three, and I'm going to start with verse 12, and I'm going to read through verse 16. And I believe, excuse me, verse 17, and I believe that in this passage, we have everything that we need to answer that question, what is God's will for our life? Again, Colossians chapter three, I'm going to begin with verse 12, read through verse 17. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. I'm going to read that verse once more. But above all these things, everything that I just read about, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual psalms, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Wouldn't it be amazing? if we could talk to one another like that in in our day-to-day lives. Lastly, verse 17, in whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. It's right there. It isn't this, this thing, this Christianity thing, this walk, this faith. It's not that hard. Go to Verse 14, if you do nothing else, live out of verse 14. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond, the seal of perfection. So it's it's not about it's not about how many times a day you pray. It's not about how often you read your Bible. It's not about what clothes you wear. It's about how you treat one another. It's about how you present yourself before God. The Bible says we should present ourselves before God a living sacrifice. And just let him lead you and guide you. When we get out of, that's that's the simple way, right? What makes it complicated is when we try to do it ourselves, we give something to God, yet 
we we don't really give it to him. You know, it's like it's like when you hand somebody something, but you don't let go. If you don't let go, you can't let God. For God to to two people can't be in control of something. One person is always the single control point. When I was working in in uh, in the telephone business, and when we would try to troubleshoot a problem, you're always going to that one spot because everything goes back to one spot. There can't be multiple things. It, it starts with a source. That source can lead and can cause other things to break down, but it always starts with a source. So when we're trying to figure out how to how to keep this thing simple, we always need to start with a source. And that source is God. That source is Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit is there to always lead us and guide us and teach us but we have to be willing to listen. We have to have open minds, open hearts, open ears. Because sometimes when we're trying to figure something out, someone as detailed in the scripture we just read, someone may be speaking to us in Psalms and spiritual things. And the Holy Spirit, God may be using that person to give us the answer, but yet our ears aren't open to hear. Because we, too often, we want it to be our way. We want this thing to fit in a perfect box. And, and, and that perfect box has to be our perfect box. can't be God's perfect box to, to make up for us like we talked about last week with the gifts. But it has to be ours that we designed and we made it and it's just right. And we hold the key to that box. It's not the way it works, y'all. We need to fit in the box that God has designed for us and let him have the key to that box. That's how we keep it simple. One of my favorite writers in the Bible, in in the books of poetry, is King Solomon. And King Solomon, as you know, the son of David, King Solomon was um, ordained by God to build his temple. David did not get to complete the temple, but Solomon did. And... Solomon was the one that God looked at and said, you can have anything that you want, anything. Whatever you ask me for, I will give it to you. And Solomon said, let me have wisdom. God, what an amazing thing to ask for. Let me have wisdom. You know, if we have wisdom, things get a lot simpler, don't they? We don't spend so much time trying to figure something out. We use our God-given wisdom and we deduce an answer led by the Holy Spirit, sharing with one another in the body and together deducing that answer and, and figuring out what the right thing to do is or what God's will for our life is. God's will for our life is to follow his word. God's will for our life is to love each other and to be there for one another. So Solomon was the greatest judge, I think, that that we know of in in the Old Testament. He was the fairest, and there's several examples that you can read of 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 his judgment. But I want to look at one of his books of poetry, and that book is Ecclesiastes. 
And if you ever want to know about what a great man's struggle is or could be in life, just with just just life, just living life, just trying to understand all of this, trying to to figure all this out. What's it all about? Read the book of Ecclesiastes. Read it once, then go back and read it again, and then go back and read it one more time. Um, Ecclesiastes is where we get one of the scriptures that is used a lot for for funerals and things, and and even for weddings. Um, we get the time scripture, a time to live, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to grow. Um, but this whole book is about Solomon trying to figure out what it's all about. What is, why do we even have this life? What is this life given to us for? What are we supposed to do with it? And he goes back and forth and back and forth and back and forth in, in, in the book of Ecclesiastes. But one of my entire favorite verses in the whole Bible is when everything is said and done for Solomon and he wants to bring all this together and he wants, God, I just need, just tell me, just give me at the end of the day, what's it all about? Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13. Okay, he's gone through all this searching. He's gone through all this looking. He sums it all up. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter, everything. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is man's all. That's it. Done. There it is. All. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is man's all. This is man's everything. You want to know what God's will is for your life? Look in Colossians and look right here in Ecclesiastes. I think it's important that we understand that there are two major sections to the Bible. There is an Old Testament and a New Testament. And we need to not just read the New Testament or not just read the Old Testament. We need to look in both because one proves the other consistently. So when you're going through your day this or your days this week and you're trying to, to figure it all out, I have two things for you. And if you will do these two things, I think you'll have a great week. The first thing is love one another. Because that's the bond. That's the bond of perfection. God is perfection. Love bonds us to God and it bonds us to one another. So that's number one. Number two, fear God and keep his commandments. Don't fear God as in, oh my gosh, God's going to smite me. God's going to knock me down. No, he's not. That is being in awe of God. That is not fear as in afraid. It is fear as in awe. And keep his commandments. It's pretty simple <laughs> when we get down to it. Thank you guys all for joining today. Thank you for being part of this journey that we are all on together. I pray the unmatched peace, the all-knowing, all-understanding peace of Jesus Christ walk with you everywhere you go this week and that God will richly bless you. Take care, everybody. See you next time.